Welcome, welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Grabstack Radio Show. As always, I'm your esteemed host, Grabstack, the only voice in Pflugerville who brings you the hard-hitting news. Because if news doesn't hit hard, it's just not news. Well, that's not true. Sometimes we bring you soft-hitting news like the news story I have for you today. A truck transporting cotton to the blanket factory had a bale of cotton fall plumb off the back, scattering cotton as far as the eye could see. Well, first the bale went splat right in the middle of the road, but then it was like a fairy wonderland of fluff everywhere. Why, it could have been snowing if snow was made of fluffy cotton and not frozen crystallized water. The bale fell right onto a little old lady who was driving her little yellow car, but fortunately, as promised, this news is about soft hits, and even though the cotton hit the nose of her car, it just bounced plumb right off before exploding. <laughs> well, this was all very exciting, and fortunately, Bobby Wonder and I happened to be in the area because a good news reporter is always where the action is, and the cotton trunk fiasco was just the news of the week. <laughs> Why does it feature so high up in the newscast? Well, turns out that it wasn't a cotton truck at all. It was one of Mr. Snood's candy trucks, and it wasn't transporting cotton, it was transporting cotton candy. The little old lady was the first to discover this, although don't ask me why she saw cotton and thought the best thing to do was put it in her mouth, but she sure did, and her eyes lit up like a flash marfler that caught on fire, and she started stuffing as much cotton candy into her face as she could, yum, 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 and that's what really set things off. <laughs> Soon the whole block was full of kids chasing down cotton balls and cotton candy floating through the air. It was like it was snow and candy, a truly magical sight, folks, and one that you can only see in Pflugerville. To comment on the story today, we have our very own Mr. Snood right here in the studio. Mr. Snood, the cotton candy car catastrophe is on everyone's minds this week, and we here at the Grabstack Radio Show want to know, how does it make a you feel? How does it make me feel? Makes me feel like I'm losing money. I lost a whole bale of cotton candy. You know how long it takes to harvest cotton candy? What do you mean, harvest? Don't you make it at the factory? Well, sure, anyone can just make cotton candy. But if you want the good stuff, you gotta go right to the source of the cotton candy farms. And you gotta hire special balers to harvest the cotton candy. And they've got to be reliable. You know, people who don't like candy, so they don't eat it all before it gets to the shelves. Do you know how hard it is to find people who don't like candy? I didn't even know there were people who don't like candy. Exactly. And at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is that I've been robbed. I'm not convinced the cotton candy debacle wasn't a setup. I'm suing every person that ate a bite of cotton candy unless they return the goods by the end of the day. Return the goods? You want them to give back the cotton candy they ate? Well, that sounds uh, like a rather uh, disgusting prospect. They should have thought about that before they ate it. Now, I don't have my cotton candy, and I'll never make money on it. I was going to charge $1,000 a cone for pure artisan farm-to-carnival cotton candy. And now what am I going to do? Not charge a thousand dollars? Yeah, that's what. Well, a thousand dollars seems a little steep. I don't know if you'd have sold any cotton candy anyway if that was your plan. What do you know? Forget it. 
I'm not taking business advice from a hamster. Now, excuse me, I have to talk to my lawyer about suing a bunch of children. And he's gone. Well, if I could summarize our interview, I would say Mr. Snood's opinions on the cotton candy car catastrophe are not great. I mean, top to bottom, I don't think he has a very good perspective on how to price things according to their market value. Has he even been to business school? I'm pretty sure a frozen banana only costs $2. So I, for one, would not be paying $1,000 for cotton candy. I don't care how artisan it is. <laughs> okay, that's not true. How artisan are we talking? Like super-duper artisan? Is this a sustainable farm where everyone wears interesting hats? Ooh, I've got some savings and I do like cotton candy. <laughs> Welcome fans of Florpa, Bobby Wonder, and of course fans of me, Grabstack, the top journalist in the entire galaxy, bringing you all the most important Pflugerville news from the top of Bobby Wonder's desk. We're back with another episode of the Grabstack Radio Show, and the first question I have for today is, did you miss me? I know, I know, I know, my presence is highly habit-forming. Once you hang with old Grabstack, it's hard to want to hang out with anyone else, I understand. I mean, why would you need to? I got everything you need in a friend. You need fashion advice? I'm your guy. Answers on how to bake a perfect flan? BAM! That's me. How about incredibly insightful testimonies in all the latest restaurants? That's Grabstack to the rescue again! Oh, uh, what's that, Carl? What if you need someone to reach something on the top shelf? Oh, ha ha ha! Yeah, I bet you thought that would insult me with that little remark of yours, but the joke's on you, Carl, because I also happen to be a championship climber! I've climbed to the top of Bobby Wonder's desk every week, and do you even know how high up that is? I could lose my toesies if I fell wrong! So there, I can also reach something on the top shelf. Now, if you need someone to bring something down from the top shelf, we may need to negotiate what exactly you need from up there, and do you really need it? See, just another thing you get with Grabstack as a friend. Sage advice about keeping a minimalistic lifestyle. You're welcome, everybody. Now, on to the news. At the top of the hour, we have an announcement to make. The mayoral race is on in Pflugerville, and it is the talk of the town. Which means, of course, we have to report on it because I can't be the only news station in Pflugerville not talking about the race. Mr. Snood is in the running, and the news reports indicate that his motivation for running for mayor are, well... <gasps> Oh, no, this can't be right. Who would support a candidate that wants to put a $10 toll on every road in Pflugerville? What would the tolls be even for? Oh, it says right here. The tolls are for economic advancement of Mr. Snood. Well, I am no politician, but this seems like a terrible platform to run on. I, for one, do not have $10. And even if I did, I wouldn't be inclined to put it in a toll just so Mr. Snood can have it. Right now, he only gets my money if I want some delicious candy, and that's the way it should be. Well, okay, let's see who's running against them. Oh, surely they have a better platform than that. I mean, anyone could win against someone whose platform is, give me your money, right? <laughs> All right, the other candidates are nobody, 
Mr. Snoot is running unopposed. I can't say that fills my grab sack heart with sunshine and roses. No, sir. If there is anyone out there in Pflugerville who feels the noble cause of political obligation in their heart, would you please put your name in the running for mayor? Oh, now, come on. Don't give me that look, Carl. I'm not political at all. I just happen to think our ratings will go up if we're covering a, you know, race instead of just twiddling our thumbs waiting for Mr. Snoot to install a bunch of toll booths around town. Oh, and bless his heart, but he's not exactly the most advanced in the design department, so I can't imagine those toll booths will be erected with any good taste in mind. Eyesores everywhere, and those of us with impeccable taste will be left to suffer. Politics truly is a rough business, people. More updates on this story as it unfolds. Speaking of style, let's talk about it with our very own resident style expert on style, me! Today I want to talk about that most important of wintertime accessories, the humble and yet versatile scarf. Yes, scarves don't get enough attention if you ask me, but they're basically the socks of the neck, you know. And that makes them second only two socks for importance in the winter. A good scarf can take your outfit from zero to hero, especially if you coordinate your scarf with your sockies. I myself like to wear a purple scarf to match my fur, and naturally it has little penguins on it, because of course it's wintertime. And you know who's always dressed formally for any occasion? Yes, you guessed it, it's penguins. I really admire penguins for their ability to go from a daytime look to a nighttime look without even changing their feathers. Well, it's tuxedo time in Penguin Town 24-7, and I think we should all take a page from their book. Some of us in Pflugerville, and I won't name names, Carl, are letting the winter doldrums affect our style and looking just a scoosh shabby these days. Well, be a penguin, I say. And a penguin in a scarf, now that would just be positively the bee's knees, or the penguin's scarf, as it were. Hey, I like that, which means everyone else should use it. You're welcome, people. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the Grabstack Radio Show. We here at the Grabstack Radio Show make it our duty to bring you all the best news in Pflugerville, although sometimes that news is very boring. Because, hey, it's a small town. I can't make things happen just so I can report on it. Ooh, ooh, wait a second. Can I? Carl, can we make news? Oh, no, of course not. That would be unethical. <laughs> I was just kidding. I, I just wanted to see if you thought we could, Carl. Oh, you passed the test, Carl, buddy. <laughs> but seriously, it's a small town, and even though you get Bobby Wonder fighting Mighty Mila in the shape of 10,000 boulders, some days you try to score a scoop, and all you come up with is the unsanctioned cat parade thrown by the lady who owns the yarn store because she felt like debuting her new line of knitted cat couture without filing for a parade license. <sighs> now, I am a journalist, a serious reporter, and I do not stoop to reporting on cat parades. So hopefully we got something else interesting on the docket or I'm going to have to revisit my inventing news idea. I'm kidding, Carl. Or am I? Okay, okay, I am. Stop giving me that look. <sighs> okay, let's see what we got here. Ooh, here's something. It seems that Pete Plant, owner of Plants Plants, has decided to branch out. Ha <laughs> ha! Get it? Because he likes plants. It branches, you know. Carl, why aren't you laughing? Oh, forget it. I'm surrounded by Philistines in here. Anyway, Pete Plant has decided to open a tropical fish store next to Plants Plants. He cites a deep love of all things fish-related, which works in perfect synergy with his other deep love, plants. 
I suppose I don't know enough about fish to understand how that works exactly. I mean, any pit fish I've ever seen lived in a bowl with a plastic pineapple house and some day-glow rocks. Although I guess I've seen a few with treasure chests and a pirate booty in their tank. I mean, do fish even like treasure? Seems like a question for Pete Plant. So, if you're interested in having a fish, go on down to Plants Plants and look next door because there should be a new store that adds fish in the window. That's the fish store. Also, while I was down there, I gave Iceberg another shot. You know, the snow cone stand shaped like an iceberg. <laughs> I had considered never going again because they gave preferable treatment to Mighty Mila and Robozuki instead of my own esteemed self, which I found positively untenable. But it seemed like a time to mend fences, so because the snow cones looked really good and I really wanted one, <laughs> they had 100 flavors when I went before, but now they have 150! If this were a mathematic challenge, I'd know what percent of an increase that was, but it's not, so I don't. Suffice it to say that I was very impressed with their amount of flavors, but I also think that when you get 150, you start running out of ideas, because they had flavors like maybe also chocolate and strawberry again, which seems to me like they're stretching it a bit. Now, I haven't tried all 150 flavors, so I can't comment if strawberry again tastes exactly like the regular strawberry, but my integrity as a news reporter and position in the community as a foremost restaurant reviewer extraordinaire demand that I do so. So keep listening to my show to find out if all 150 flavors taste the same or not. It's a grueling task, but someone has to keep those snow cone stands honest, right? In other news, we have, oh, surely we have something. <gasps> Please, come on, Carl. Lucy Wow hasn't blown anything up. Mighty Mila isn't turning into a freight train and trying to level the city. Well, stop pointing to the cat parade story. We are not covering it. Oh, fine, if we absolutely must. Well, it's self-explanatory, don't you think? The, the lady who owns the yarn store in downtown Pflugerville is off her proverbial rocker and somehow ended up with a whole mess of cats. Where'd she get them? Who knows? But apparently she has enough to have designed and knitted a whole line of feline couture. <sighs> That's fashion. Allegedly, sales at her shop weren't good, mostly because she had run out of yarn, which seems to have something to do with Lucy Wow. If you listen to season two, episode five of Lucy Wow, I bet you can find out what happened. Well, anyway, it seems the yarn store lady only had enough yarn for one of each item and no way to sell them, so instead of waiting to get more yarn and build up inventory, I suppose she thought she would swing for the fences and generate buzz with a pre-sale of her knitted novelties. This was to come to the town of Pflugerville in the form of an unsanctioned cat parade. Why unsanctioned? Well, surely she must have known that no self-respecting government official would sanction a cat parade. Not because people in politics have anything against cats, of course, but because it's next to impossible to get cats to do anything in a straight line. Oh, the parade started innocently enough with a multitude of kitty cats wearing knitted scarves and caps and sweaters, taking a few tentative steps down Main Street, but then... Pandemonium! Oh, this reporter hears that a dog barked and spooked the whole bunch of kitties. It was cats going in every direction, with one little old lady chasing them all in circles. Oh, it was such a mess that it actually drew a crowd. And, well, it hurts me to report, because it seems so ridiculous that it shouldn't be true, she actually generated a decent amount of sales from the whole debacle. 
course, it was shut down right away, but I do have to hand it to her, because fashion lives on the edge. Well, Carl, I hope you're happy. We can now report on cat parades. What's next? Puppy ballets? Ooh, actually, that sounds rather cute, don't you think? I mean, do you think we could train a bunch of puppies to dance the ballet? Well, maybe you can't, but I bet I can. This is happening, people. Don't forget, Friday is Listener Mailbag. If you got a question about the world of Go Kid Go shows, Pflugerville, or little old me, send it to grabsec at gokidgo.com. You might get your question read live on the show. Ooh, it's very exciting. Ooh, and did you know that there's another show from Go Kid Go called Story Train? It's true. If you like to listen to a story right before you go to bed, you'll love the Story Train. Lots of charm and little stories, and they're all original just for you. Well, and for me. <laughs> Find Story Train wherever you get your podcasts. Have a marvelous day, people, and eat your flush marflers! Go, kid, go.